Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. This episode is part of a very special series I have curated for you. Your level of emotional intelligence is one of the most significant contributors to your success in life, however you choose to define success for you. In my emotional intelligence workshops, I use the EQI 2.0 model to help professionals and leaders assess how they are doing in self-perception, self-expression, interpersonal relationships, decision-making, and stress management, the main areas of the model. The model contains 15 competencies grouped into each of the areas I just mentioned. You can learn more about the model at mhs.com. So what is so special about this series? Each episode is a deep dive into a competency from the model with an expert who provides you with strategies for improving your emotional intelligence. In this episode, Roger Hall defines happiness and shares how you can have more of it in your life right now. Roger is a business psychologist, speaker, and author of the book, Staying Happy, Being Productive, The Big 10 Things Successful People Do. Welcome, Roger. Thank you for joining us today again. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. (laughs) So for those listeners that didn't perhaps uh, get to listen to stress management yet, can you share a little bit about your background? Yeah, I'm uh, Dr. Roger Hall. I'm a business psychologist. Um, I I got my PhD in psychology in uh, 1991. I've been licensed in uh, three states. I mostly do executive coaching, leadership development with uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, and professionals. Love it. So happiness and well-being. This is my favorite part of the EQI 2.0 model. Can you share a little bit about how it's uh, related to the EQI 2.0 model and emotional intelligence in general? It's actually, when I'm interpreting this assessment, it's my favorite scale. When, 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 we, when we measure the sum of someone's life, they may be a little awkward. They, they, they may be a little too forceful. But if we're measuring the quality of someone's life, it really is about how much life satisfaction do you have? Are you a happy person? So even if somebody is low on a certain scale and they're, and they're feeling bad about that, what I want to get at is, okay, how do we help you have a better overall life and experience life more richly? So it, it's, I think it's probably the most important, in my opinion, scale on this assessment. Yeah. So we're in agreement. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so we must be right because I know, we agree. Of course, obviously. <laughs> so what, what do we need to know about happiness and well-being in regards to emotional intelligence? I, I think there's a, a huge amount of confusion about what is happiness. Yeah. And, and people very often um, mistake pleasure for happiness. And the Greeks made a distinction and they had two different words, hedonia, from which we get hedonism or pleasure. And, and, you know, I'm very pro pro pleasure. I mean, that, that, you know, fun is good, but it's not the same as happiness. And the Greeks had a different term called eudaimonia. Some people pronounce it eudaimonia, other people pronounce it eudaimonia. It's E-U-D-A-E-M-O-N-I-A. And what that means is it is a 
purposeful life, a life with meaning. I, I think that's a better way to view life satisfaction and happiness is pleasure is certainly part of it. Positive emotions are certainly part of it, but it is, it's not the sum total of, of happiness. So you can go to the amusement park and have a really fun day, but that doesn't really make you happy. And we can all go on fun vacations. And I, again, I recommend that. Okay. Uh, and we can go to funny movies or the comedy club, all of which is good, but none of that makes you happy. Leading a purposeful life, having meaning in your life is what gets you to eudaimonia, which is happiness. So whenever I talk about happiness, I'm really talking about that kind of happiness. There, there's a great deal of research about what, what are the pieces that go into happiness, you know, and you know, I, I have my own book and I've got 10 things that I think uh, lead to a happy life. But I, I want to talk about uh, another researcher, um, who, who Martin Seligman and his colleagues. Um, and, and, and you really need to read Seligman's work. If you're interested in happiness, he's got a book called Flourish, which is, I think, his, his best book on the topic. Yeah. And what he talks about is he's... He, he and his colleagues have come up with an acronym for life satisfaction um, or, or, or happiness, and it's called PERMA. And each of those, those letters stands for something. The, the P stands for positive emotions. And, and how, how many positive emotions are you experiencing? So it's, it, it's laughter, it's joy, it's contentment, it's, it's surprise. All of those things are... are are one component of happiness. And Barbara Fredrickson wrote a book called Positivity. What, what Fredrickson said is that if you experience positive emotions on a regular basis, you're actually more resilient to stress and you're more creative and you, you have more resources. And her theory is called the broaden and build model of positivity. So, so if you're down in the dumps and, and, and you're like Eeyore, you know, and everything's bad and <laughs> um, you're not going to be as resilient. You're not going to be as creative. You're not going to be as productive. And so what, what Fredrickson talks about in her book is there's this host of, of, of good reactions to having positive emotions. So that's the first of the five. The second is engagement. And, and what, what they mean by engagement is, is this sort of full court press on life. Mm. There are people who are kind of waiting for life to come to them and they're kind of just, they're, they're dialing it in every day. They go to work and they're just like doing just the bare minimum. Those people are not happy. And, and what we know about happiness and life satisfaction and eudaimonia is that people are meaningfully engaged in problem solving. And, and the person who's done the most research on this is, and actually is the thought leader on this, is a guy named, this is his name. His name is Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Yeah. Okay. And so he coined the term flow. And um, what he said is that people are happy when they're concentrating, solving challenging problems. In my definition, this isn't Csikszentmihalyi's language, but 
when I am solving a challenging problem in my domain of expertise, I'm in flow. And that's his term, flow, for that full engagement. Now, when I'm solving challenging problems in not my domain of expertise, then I experience stress. So when I'm solving yeah. plumbing problems, I'm always <laughs> stressed, okay? Because I'm no good at that. But a plumber, a plumber who's good at it is going to experience flow solving plumbing problems, okay? So each of us has a different profile of the kinds of problems we like to solve and where we experience flow. So we've got positive emotions, engagement, solving challenging problems in our domain of expertise. The third one is, oh, and by the way, where do you solve these challenging problems in your domain of expertise? Escape it's usually rooms. at work. I'm just kidding. Pardon me? <laughs> escape, escape rooms. rooms. Yeah. I love escape rooms. <laughs> oh, okay, so those are challenging problems. You, I mean, <laughs> those are good. But where do we usually solve these problems? It's usually at our work. Yeah. And so if you have work that isn't challenging to you in, in, in the right way, you know, that, that, that it's enjoyably str- stretching you, yeah. then you probably need to find other work. If we look at um, the, the Harvard study of men, which is a study of men from the 1940s up, to the, up till today, most of them are dead now, um, they found two correlates and one I'm going to talk about now to life satisfaction. And, and that was a satisfying work. So these are, these are, were men who in the course of their life were engaged with their work. They loved their work. So positive emotions, engagement. Okay. The third one is R for relationships. Um, do you have positive relationships? Do you have relationships with people you can trust? So going back to the Harvard study of men, the other correlate to life satisfaction was a primary love relationship. Did that person have a meaningful, satisfying love relationship with someone in their life? And when I talk about primary relationships, it's your spouse or partner, your children, siblings, parents, you know, that, that, that bubble around you of people who are in your, your tight circle. And if you have problems in those relationships, then you're going to have problems elsewhere. You're not going to be happy. So people say, well, I want to be happy, but my my family's really screwed up. Well, you know, maybe you can choose different family (laughs) Um, because if you can't fix them, maybe you can find other people. And and then that other bubble around you is, is your social network and finding good, high quality friends who you can trust and who will have your back. That's the kind of stuff that makes people happy. So positive yeah. emotions, engagement, relationships. And the next one is meaning. Mm. And, and meaning is having a purpose in your life and um, having some sort of worldview or cosmology that says, my life has purpose and meaning. My existence matters. If, if you're the kind of person who thinks, you know, all I'm here for is the propagation of the species. That may be enough for you. That's not enough for me. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, I've got three kids. My job is done, right? Uh, (laughs) um, I want to measure my life for having greater meaning than that. And so um, people who have no hope for meaning 
have a harder time in life. And many people find uh, meaning and purpose in their life through their faith. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's a great deal of research about the relationship between um, being a part of an organized religious community and finding meaning and happiness in life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of the authors that I really respect um, don't have a faith life. And so they say, hey, I, I've got to find meaning in other ways. And that's, that's fine. You don't, you don't have to have a faith life, but you have to find meaning in your life in some other way. So positive emotions, engagement, relationships, meaning. And the last one um, is accomplishment. Hmm. Let's say you have all of those things, but you never see any fruit to your labor. Yeah. Then if you don't feel like you've accomplished anything, then you're not going to be happy. Human beings like to see things like stack up and we like to see, you know, product happen. We like to see the fruit of our labor. And so it's important, you know, one, one of the stories about Da Vinci was, you know, we all, you know, in, in our era, we view him as a master. But at the end of his life, his, his, um, his fresco, um, The Last Supper, was already degrading. Um, mm-hmm. His greatest sculpture, which was of a horse, um, was only in the commission phase. It was never fully realized. And his models were used as target practice for, oh. for cannons. And, and so he's looking at his life and thinking, I have completely failed. I, none of my stuff has lasted. And so, so he didn't feel that sense of accomplishment in his life. Now, isn't that sad that we look yeah. at him now and, and we view him as, as somebody we, we would all like to have met and, and so much we could have learned from. But because he didn't see the fruit of his life, at the end of his life, he was feeling like he was kind of a failure. So mm. humans, even if we're remarkably productive, we want to see fruit to our work. So happiness are those five things. So how does that relate to emotional intelligence? Well, Fredrickson talks about those positive emotions that makes us more resilient. It gives us more creativity and it gives us margin to, to interact with people. It, it gives us a base, a base camp or a foundation so that we can feel okay about ourselves. And then, you know, you can't give from a deficit. You, you, have, to, you have to have some of it yourself. And so you can... You know, human beings are social creatures and we infect others with our emotions. And so if I walk in all morose and grumpy, then people are going to pick up on it. And and so if I want to infect people with happiness, I got to have some. And so I can infect and 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 have, you know, part part of part of the part of the model is of, of emotional intelligence is your interpersonal relationships. And if you want to have strong interpersonal relationships where you have empathy, where you monitor what's happening in other people's lives and, and resonance, which is the ability to join people in their emotion and then draw them out to a, a more positive emotion, you, you got to have that destination yourself. And so, so working on your own level of happiness will help you infect others with that. 
there's a lot in there, right? So, and working on your happiness probably depends on the area of PERMA that you, you need to work on. But is there, yeah. a, is there a, a first step someone can take if they're currently not happy in their lives? You know, take your pick. You know, if you were, yeah. to, if you were to measure PERMA and, and like each of those five things is a spoke on the wheel, what's the broken spoke? Because, you know, the tire is going to bounce every, every, yes. every time there. <laughs> And so I think it's different for different people. If your relationships are out of kilter, if, if you're, you tend to be a little bit like Eeyore and, and, and your positivity isn't there, um, if you don't find meaning in your life, whichever one it is, um, work on that one first and, and, and try to get a quick win. Nice. So it sounds like the first step is essentially uh, giving yourself like a one out of 10 in each of the areas. And then yes. identifying the lowest one and, and setting up a plan using your self-actualization to, to work on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my whole goal is, is to help people become the best version of themselves. Yes. Um, and some people call that self-actualization, optimization, peak performance, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's why we're here. Exactly. I meant the subscale of, of self-actualization where we, we, uh, identify a goal and go after it. Yes. 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 So <laughs> not I, I Maslow's, although that could not that could Maslow. Relate. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so uh, curious, can anyone be too happy? Is that possible? I think people can be too hedonistic. Yeah. Um, I, I so, and again, it's, it, 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 it's a misunderstanding of happiness. Yeah. Can you have too much purpose and meaning in your life? I don't know. Yeah, I know. Um, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, some people, you know, critics will always be resentful and envious of people who have more of something than they do. Yeah. And if you're living on purpose and, and you're, you're living and you're living fully with eudaimonia, there will people who will, you know, they're just bitter and, and they won't like that. But I'm not sure you can have too much of that. Yeah. Too much hedonism. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I love that you divorced the two because it is a very important distinction. Is um, there anything else we need to know about happiness? I, I think the most important thing is that distinction people are so confused about happiness that they think it's a lightweight goal. Um, and there are some people, I, I had a mentor once who said, Roger, some people like to chew on things that don't taste good. <laughs> yes. And, and some, pe some people don't like happiness. Um, they like to chew on things that don't taste good. Um, I'm just not of that. I, I'm just not of that stripe. Um, nor am I some sort of, you know, head in the clouds, unrealistic person. Life is hard. And, and how do we, how do we become our best selves? How do we help the world become a better place? Well, it, it comes from that position of strength. So I think that's probably the, the most important reason to be happy. Now, before we get into your final piece of advice on this, uh, can we get a little overview of your products and or services a little more in depth? Yeah. So um, uh, if people want to learn about me, probably the easiest place to go is drrogerhall.com, drrogerhall.com. And you can find out about uh, all, the, all the different things I do. I do executive coaching, 
for entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, uh, business leaders, and, uh, and uh, sales professionals. The other thing is I have a course for people, an online course called Freak Out, Fear Less, Live More, because people are freaking out in their lives. And so if you're interested, go to freakoutcourse.com and you can learn more about it. And you can sign up for that. So it's freakoutcourse.com. And I have a book about happiness called Staying Happy, Being Productive. And you can find that at stayinghappybeingproductive.com. And uh, it, it'll tell you more about how to get that. And you can get that. Uh, if you go to that website, you can get a signed copy. Oh, nice. And it's got 10 steps in it too, right? Or 10 tips. Yeah. It's, it's the big 10 things successful people do. I've, I've been watching successful people all of my career and I started writing down their habits. And these are the habits that happy, successful people do. I love it. Okay. Final piece of advice on happiness and well-being. It is worth pursuing. And, you know, anything that's worth pursuing is difficult. You and I have just spent about 30 minutes talking about happiness. And I think the cynics out there will say, well, it's easier said than done. And my answer to that is, of course it is. (laughs) Uh, This is the easiest part of it. And the piece of advice is of the five things in PERMA I've talked about today, pick one thing. Don't try to do five things. Pick one that you think you can get a quick win on and make that a part of your daily discipline. Choose one small habit that you want to change every day to improve your life. And that, that's the stepping stone to happiness and success in anything. Mm, I love it. Oh, thank you so much for joining us, Roger. Oh, Chris, I'm, I'm grateful to be here uh, as usual. Thank you for having me on your show. And I'm, I'm so glad you're doing this to help Uh, help our world be a better place. Oh, to learn more about Roger, visit his website at drrogerhall.com. Did you know that time is not your most limiting resource? To find out how to increase your productivity and have more time to do the things you love, visit secrettosuperproductivity.com.